0: This is the Calm and Chaos Podcast, episode 69. I'm Thomas. I'm Jaden.
1: I'm Matt. And I'm Dakota.
0: We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your dad put a hat on. Yeah.
0: It's the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings.
2: Welcome back to the Common Chaos Podcast.
1: Sorry, I was leaning on the mic.
2: (laughs) We uh, haven't posted an episode in two weeks.
3: Oops. I didn't actually know
2: that. Yeah. We we apologize for that, but...
1: Why did we not do one last week?
2: We still could have done one. We got home... Me and Matt got home on Saturday.
4: That was not happening.
2: Uh, yeah, so me we, and or, we could have done it Sunday. Well, so okay, no, 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 because Matt left church camp on Friday, got home, washed his clothes, and left for the airport Saturday morning to go to Milwaukee. So we couldn't have done a church camp episode because Matt was in Milwaukee as soon as church camp was over.
4: Wait, I what? slept so good
1: when I got home. I remember <laughs> was oh. was Jake's bachelor party not last weekend?
2: Yes, that was. I'm sorry, two weekends ago. Is, what hap- is why yeah. we didn't record. And then yeah. last weekend we didn't record because it was Jake's bachelor party. And That's I didn't want to so bring confused. the recording equipment to his bachelor party because I felt bad.
1: We still could have done it Sunday night.
2: Yeah, we definitely could have.
1: Okay. Um, I thought we had one, to be honest with you. I didn't realize we didn't. Oops.
4: Yeah,
2: so we apologize. Uh, but life gets crazy sometimes. and
4: So we got lots to cover now.
2: Yeah, we do. So this episode is going to be the church camp episode. For all of you that have listened for a while and know that we raised money for a church camp, we ended up raising around two grand for this church camp. It's the church camp that I've been going to my whole life, and Matt ended up coming with me this year. And it was two grand to send kids to camp. Thomas, are you Did having settle
1: in- down over there? Doing, what in the man? world
4: are you doing? <laughs> We've been sitting here for almost forty-five. So are minutes they? Now. We're listening to you r- ransack your bag, man.
1: Um, <laughs> Actually, we've been here for more than 45 minutes. We've been here for an hour. Yeah, we have.
2: But so we, we raised money for this camp around two grand we raised, and it was to send kids to camp, a bunch of kids. W- what do we have? We had...
4: I don't even remember.
2: I think it was almost 200 kids <laughs> mm-hmm. that were there this year, which is one of our highest numbers for that camp ever, which was really cool, super exciting. Um, I, I kind of want to let you roll with this because... <laughs> I mean, like, I could say a bunch of stuff about camp and how God moved, and I will, but I want you to start it off seeing as though it was your first time coming into that environment and you didn't really know anyone or know the vibe, but you did get to know the vibe.
4: Um, yeah, so I'm just going to start through my notes. I...
2: Did you get to debrief these? Yeah. Like, you got to look over them?
4: Yeah, I did this week, actually.
2: So a bunch of people at church camp were actually, Matt was saying he didn't have time to debrief because we were in charge of, so we got there and I said, all right, so what cabin am I in? And they're like, oh, you got the middle school boys. You're the head counselor. And I went, okay, who's my co-counselor? And they were like, him. <laughs> and So me, and, me and Matt, yeah. me and Matt had the oh, middle God. school boys by ourselves. It's <laughs> <That's> fine. <funny. laughs> and so we get to the camp, what? It was, we got there on a Friday. Yeah. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the exposition before we get into the nitty-gritty. So we get there on a Friday, we're hanging out, we're setting up the stage, we're setting a bunch of stuff up. A bunch of the a bunch of, a bunch of the uh high school boys come over to me and Matt and they're like, hey, you guys wanna come play basketball? I was like, yeah. We were right. there
4: for like two hours.
2: Yeah, we had just gotten there. And <laughs> just I just unpacked like, our bag. Yeah, sure. Let's let's play basketball. And so we're we're down there and we had played basketball with these kids months beforehand at the staff meeting. And at that staff meeting, I said to Matt, hey, you wear a suit and dress shoes every day. Like, be careful. These are high school kids that play basketball every day of their lives. They're used to this stuff. Be careful because your body's not ready for this. You've been wearing a suit and dress shoes for four years. And he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. So then fast forward to camp we've been there for two hours. We're playing basketball. Matt is getting into it. He's like, let's go. It's time for camp. I can't wait. He goes up to block a layup or something and came down and you rolled your ankle worse than I've ever seen anyone roll their ankle.
4: It was so bad. It hurts so bad. As soon as I did it, I'm like, wow, well, this is going to ruin the rest of my week. He he hobbled
2: (laughs) around the whole week.
4: (laughs) They called me gimpy.
1: That's Which miserable.
4: Honestly, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I didn't get to like experience anything through the week because it happened the first two hours I was there. I unpacked my bag and rolled my ankle. So,
2: I think my mom just found a snake outside. Ew. She just went running.
4: Ew.
1: Thomas, Ew. do you want to go
2: take care of that for her?
1: Ew. Go kill things. Thomas, all right. Thomas,
2: go take care of that snake for her. Not my thing. Um. All right. So Ew. you you roll your ankle.
4: Roll oh, my ankle. And honestly, I was thinking, if you actually think everything happens for a reason, maybe it was so that I would slow down because my life is so busy and I'm always running here, there, and everywhere, that maybe there was a purpose behind me breaking my ankle so it actually slowed down for a week.
2: You didn't break it.
4: Well, yeah, I guess spraining, roll, I don't know what I did, but it's three weeks later and it still really hurts.
2: Your ankle was black. (laughs) Like, it was Um, rough.
4: So I don't know. It's what's still going big. There. Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, you're still swollen. I know, I don't know what it you, oh, well, you might have tore something. You might want to You might yeah, want to go get it checked out.
4: <laughs> I know. It still hurts, but whatever. Um, so we get there day 1 and I took notes through my I carry a like a little notepad with my Bible everywhere just I I don't know. Note things down.
2: So this is this is are, is this day 1 when the kids are there or day 1?
4: No, this is day 1 when I First Staff. thing I opened with day one, I rolled my ankle. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> That's what I opened with. Um, but I also made a note that the... And I've said this before in the past about West Virginia and the culture. They're so much different. But um, just getting there, I didn't really know anybody. and
2: I'm not good at introducing you.
4: And Jaden's really bad at introducing people in general. And th- the people there, I th- whenever i first got there i thought that they were really like rude (laughs) and i thought that everybody was like kind of mean and like kind of but i and i made a note of that day one and then i made another note day two later on that i originally thought that the people were super rude um but i think it now it's just that um they're really focused and i started to realize that after i Understood the pr- the perspective from the prayer warriors and like everything that everybody was doing to prep for the camp, mm-hmm. it had a a heavy feeling of responsibility and obligation over the camp to make sure that everything was perfect and to make sure that the the framework was laid down so that the kids that were coming to this camp could receive. So um, I think the people came a- I, they came across as rude, but uh, the more that I spent time around them, I realized that they weren't being rude. They were just hyper-focused. They
2: had a job to do, and they were getting it done.
4: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. the,
2: that first night, are you going to get into what Pastor Timmy was talking about that first night? Um, no. Okay. So the first night, it was just staff. Oh, and Actually,
4: I was, but yeah, continue. Okay.
2: So the first night, it was just staff and board members, um, and he kind of was talking to us. There were some kids there, but they're the kids of board members and of staff. Um, he, so he was talking to the staff more than he was like kids or anything. And the one thing that he said that kind of stuck out to me a lot was the way that God's anointing moves. Mm-hmm. It moves from the head down, not from the heart up to the head back down to the feet. And he, So he said, if you get a word from God and you feel like God is telling you to go tell someone, like a prophetic word or something like that. He's like, "You come to me, we discuss it, and then if I, if God's telling me that it's also, like, right, then we'll go talk to the person." He was like, "We're not having anyone step out and give a word to someone that is of flesh." That's smart. Yeah, and and it really, he was he was very adamant about, hey, the anointing is moving from the head down. We're not doing it any other way. Don't try to do it any other way. I will call you out in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck out to me, and I liked that a lot.
4: Yeah, it was cool. The other thing that I noted from that night was um, in Isaiah sixty. That so something else that was cool about the whole camp is that everybody used the King James version. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Which is weird because half of them can't read.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, d- I didn't, I didn't like that. But it says uh, the per- the. Um, uh, interpretation of a lot of the passages were pretty different which was cool so in Isaiah 60 it talked about how the he talked about light and darkness one of the first nights that we were there he talked about how death is dark the grave is dark um, and how even though death is dark the light shineth it talks about in Isaiah and if the light shineth then that means that it's still shining So the Bible doesn't minimize the fact that there is darkness, um, and it talks about the darkness, it talks about the evil spirits and the wickedness inside of the world, but regardless of the darkness, there is still light, um, and the light has power over the darkness. For instance, darkness can't overtake light. You can't shine darkness into something and then take over the light. The light will always shine. So it's something I never really thought about. You hear about the light and the darkness oftentimes, but... The power dynamic be- between the two is something that they've emphasized a lot throughout the week that I thought was pretty interesting. You take a dark room, you can turn a flashlight on, and it'll pierce through the darkness. But if you have that flashlight on, it's not like the more darkness you put into the room, it'll overtake the light. It's not possible. It's pretty cool. Um, but regardless, the, the darkness and the grave in sin only has power whenever we give it power we're the ones that that can live in it and we're the ones that can reject it if we want to and i thought it was pretty cool how the the bible talks about getting up out of the grave and we can just get up all we have to do is get up so satan's only power is the power that we give him if we're not willing to just reject it and give light because light can take over darkness Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That was one of my takeaways from like day one.
0: The
2: one note that I have is sin is never acceptable. We we live in a world that is like I mean it's not that bad like that's not one of the bad sins like go ahead it's fine, but the reality is sin is never acceptable like it's never just okay to go do that thing, mm-hmm. and something that I've been learning is sin always has consequence. You may not see that consequence immediately you may not feel it immediately or know what that consequence is going to be but there's always a consequence to sin which is kind of scary
1: where in the world did you get that um pastor nick oh, so you guys are doing that too
2: what, what is it
4: it's the disciple program thing we were for a about. period of time i've never seen it oh. um, they're incorporating it in slowly um it's good stuff yeah it really is I'm walking through this whole thing with a couple of my coworkers now. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so I was like,
1: Where in the world did you just get
4: that? <laughs> um, but back to your your sin point, the this week made me get a greater understanding of God's holiness. Church camp week. Yes. Yeah. Church camp week gave me a greater understanding of God's holiness. Gave me a better understanding of the Holy Spirit. And. The greater your understanding of God's holiness, the greater your awareness of sin. Mm-hmm. And that's like what it made me think about this. Yeah. There's a, a picture that I'm showing everyone, but um, there's a correlation between the two. Because if you can understand how holy God is, then you can under- understand how jacked up the rest of the world is. Um, and that was, that made me realize too, like, okay, I, I, th- I think that I came into the week thinking, well, I kind of knew that I was going to be proved wrong, but the church in particular and just people in general think that we're good, we're saved, we're pretty good people when we read our Bible and do devotions every morning, but it made me take a, a little bit of a deeper look and peel back one more layer to understand that um, I am still jacked up. I still struggle with sin. And there's a lot of things that I do that, yes, I am a good person, but there's a lot of things that still hold me back, like a lot of the fruits of the Spirit, joy, patience, and some of the little ones that we don't really think about that we might not act on every day that I'm missing. And it made me r- realize, like I said, if you can really understand God's holiness, how actual actually jacked up I am and how much more room I have to improve. Because I'm looking at guys like Pastor Tim, who was like one of the head pastors there, and He's talking through um, our classes and devotions and stuff like that, and he's talking about how he's messed up and how he has a ton of work to do, and he's struggling. and It's just crazy to look at a guy that you would think has it all figured out, but it's because he understands the power and the holiness of God so much that he realizes that he's not there. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize I'm not even close. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's pretty eye-opening and humbling, too. Which was the main theme of the week for me was humility.
2: But so so day two or three, I don't remember, whenever the kids got there. (laughs) I uh Matt has a rolled ankle, can't walk around. And so I sent him down to the cabin and he was doing bag check every time the kid would come in. He would check. I bags.
4: don't do this stuff. I don't do kids. Mm-mm. I've never done kids. Jaden has, and it's kind of cool. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to, or I wanted to be a counselor with Jaden, is so that I could learn because it's it's a knack. It really is a gift. And I mean, I learned a lot from you just in the first couple hours. And I feel like I started to kind of catch the catch yeah. the drift of it. But whenever we first going down to that cabin man I'm like I have no idea what to do I just let you run with it because I don't know what to say how to discipline how to make kids do what you want them to do I don't know so it's pretty cool to watch you work because I mean you definitely have a knack for it
2: well so I had to run back and forth from registration to the cabin to uh, bring the kids to the cabin and their parents and show them where they're going and then I would walk the parents into the cabin and give them to Matt and the parents would go make their kids bed get them set up and Matt would bag check them so I am, I am outside talking to a parent, like just right outside the cabin. I'm outside. Oh, I forgot.
4: I was wondering where you're going with this. So
2: I'm, I'm outside the cabin talking to a parent. And this other parent comes outside and looks at me and goes, hey, you might want to go in there. I was like, why? I, I, like, I just walked out. It's been two minutes. What could possibly be happening? And she goes, uh, there's a kid. It, he's blading everywhere.
1: Is Matt the kid?
2: <laughs> no. Oh. But I, I was like, what? What do you mean he's blading everywhere? So I run inside, and I'm not even joking. Bloody murder. <laughs> it was Scream. so bad, dude. Screaming. Oh, do you? No, this kid. Oh. This kid is <laughs> screaming. And I walk in, and all the kids are looking at me. And he's in the bathroom with Matt. And I went...
1: What happened, he's like
2: big time bleeding, big time bleeding. It was so, bad. so, the kid, I'm like, What happened? And the kids are like, I don't know, he just started bleeding. And I was like, Well, he, no one just starts bleeding, what happened? And so, I didn't wait for their answer. And I go into the bathroom and I see Matt, and I walk in, Matt looks at me. And gives me this face of, What did you just get me into? Like eyes wide open, looking at me like this is bad. And I I walk over <laughs> I walk over to the kid and he's got a paper towel over one of his eyes oh, and the whole face. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, he just lost an eyeball. Like this kid doesn't have an eyeball. And so he's screaming and crying while I'm standing there in How front old of him. Was this
4: kid, middle school, 10,
2: 11, 12.
4: Yeah.
2: And so he's he, he's losing his mind. And I go, "All right, buddy, just show me what happened." And so he takes it off and right above his eyebrow there is a gash that I'm is probably a quarter inch wide. Like a huge ah. gash. And you could see
4: to his skull. It's running down his face, like (laughs) off his chin. Even happen. And so, (laughs) tell them what you. So it it wasn't like a crazy scenario. It's just everybody was talking, and he's like, I don't know. You know how kids are. They're like all just trying to be funny, and he's like showing me how he can take both of his hands, put them behind his back, and then kneel like through his legs. Yeah, squat down, and then wrap his hands behind his knees back in front of him, and then walk on his hands, on concrete, right? So, <laughs> so he's, his hands are stuck behind his legs while he's walking on his hands, and he ends up getting a little bit too forward heavy, and just falls right on his face, straight, <laughs> on, straight <laughs> right into the floor. <laughs> so, like, I... I oh, am... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. So, it wasn't bad. He just hit, he didn't, like, fall and, like, smash his he just, like, fell on his head. Know, like,
1: rolled a Yeah, bit he just, like,
4: it. rolled, and I didn't think it was bad, and, and he, like, starts, like, crying a little bit, and... He moved and he puts his hand on his face and I'm like, Oh, you're alright, buddy, you're alright. And he he puts his he takes his hand off of his forehead and I'm like, Okay, come to the bathroom with me. <laughs> it started like bleeding really bad. I just gave him a paper towel. So we first go into the bathroom, and the first thing he does is look in a mirror and see the blood like running down his bad, face. Man. And that's whenever Jaden walked in, and when he started just screaming, <laughs> I'm like, I just took my hand in the and I pushed his head away from the mirror i said stop looking in the mirror (laughs) i I got a paper towel i'm like just hold this on it i'm gonna go get shading because i don't know where to take you (laughs) so that was my first like 15 20 minutes with the
2: kids so so i immediately am like matt you can't let the kids go crazy in roughhouse and do stuff like this and i yelled at the kids too and then matt came up to me and he went they weren't They were not. Everyone was
4: so chill. They were just chilling in their bed. This kid just decided to start walking on his hands to be funny. (laughs) And and so
2: I've like, at this point, there are parents still in the cabin. And I have disciplined all the kids. I was like, guys, you can't act crazy because uh, you see what just happened. Like, we can't do this.
4: Parents are bringing their kids into camp, and this kid's like has blood running down his face. Like, kids are still showing up,
2: parents are still coming. And so, I have to walk this kid from the cabin up to the registration building through herds of parents and then sit him down at the nurse's table. Where parents are checking their kids in with like medicine and like everything that right. they need for the week so that the nurse can do it. I have to sit this kid down by the nurse who is talking to parents. And the nurse, his name's Travis. Travis looks at this kid's forehead and goes, yeah, okay. And sat him down in a chair next to him. And Travis just kept doing his job. Oh, and <laughs> was like, dude, you're fine. Like, I see this kid's skull. This kid is bleeding. I don't know what to do other than take him to the nurse. Yeah. The nurse was like, yeah, you're fine. Just, yep. And so they they called his mom. Like, this isn't just a little baby injury. Like, this like they're is... Not,
1: they're not even back to the car.
2: <laughs> no, they, they're home at this point. This kid was one of the first ones there. So they called... Like, this is an injury that if it happened to me, it would be one of the only times that I would go to the hospital and think, I got to get stitches like like, I, I, I hate hospitals I don't go to the hospital I would be like I gotta go get stitches this is a bad cut they call his mom explain to him the injury explain to her the injury and she goes yeah he'll be fine they put those band-aids on it that like pinch your skin together mm-hmm. and it healed mm-hmm. but like I thought this kid was for sure going home
0: and, and they were like yeah he's fine yeah, I mean, I would have just squirted some super glue in there and called it a day. Yeah, you're built different.
4: Uh, uh, just give me the chills just thinking about it. It was wide open, oh, yeah, split. It Ugh. was
2: the, like – You cr- the cut man out here. The, it was crazy. Yeah. And So that that is Matt's first interaction with these kids all week. This kid busts his face open. Mm. And it was – like I don't know how to explain how bad it was versus how much they were like, he's fine. <laughs> like but like i this kid should be going to a hospital in my brain and everyone was like no it's fine that's was like, do you often get gashes in your head to where you can see your skull and like we're just good and he was fine it closed up by the end of the week he it scabbed up he was good but
4: <laughs> that's pretty much it for trauma for the week we rolled my ankle he split his head open and pretty much smooth sailing from there yeah aside from a couple small things yeah no one else really got hurt homesick and stuff like that but um day two um that's whenever it started getting we started really diving into more in-depth um i don't know what you call it sermons spiritual concept things like that and that's whenever i really started leaning in and i was I was really looking forward to this week because what I wanted to figure out is like, all right, what are the, from Jaden's stories and this and that, like, okay, I'm obviously not exposed to a piece of spirituality that I should be because there's no doubt about all this that it's real. It's just why have I not ever been subjected to it? So that's what I was trying to find. So I was looking forward to this week coming into it and I was prepared, ready to go, ready to receive. Um, Let's listen in. So day two, the the main focus behind one of the morning devotions was um, softening your heart and being humble, which was a theme really throughout the whole week. Maybe that's just something that was speaking to me in particular. No, that's but, a, it's, it's a big theme with kids. Uh,
2: where it's cool. especially with a lot of these kids, they they have jacked up lives, and so they they really grow these hard hearts of hmm. uh, like pride and i am good enough i'll do it the way my dad did it and just stick it out type thing hmm. and so they really it, it's definitely a theme of soften your heart That's let cool. the holy spirit move through you
4: well it softened mine too um and the morning devotion was around how the potter how do you expect the potter to mold you if if your heart is heart and you're not humble enough to soften it. Is this your class? Yeah. Okay. How can God use us if we're fooled by our pride? We can't fix ourselves. And if we can be humble and we can be a servant, then, um, and we don't have to be the ones that get the last word in and we can open up our hearts to the Holy spirit. That's whenever we can actually receive. And it's, It's a hard concept to grasp and I thought I had it before I actually went to this camp. But humility is something that I thought I understood but I really didn't. Um, It's basically what the whole week was about, was humility. Um, And we think that humility is not thinking that we're better than others. Um, But to me, the 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 way that humility is defined really changed over the course of that week. Because it's not just about us and others. Humility for me now is about between me and God. It can be between us and others too, but humility to me is about me between God and putting myself aside to put God first so that I can receive Him. And we think a lot of, and and there's no way for us to receive Him if we're not willing to open up our hearts to Him. And there's no way for us to open up our hearts to Him if we don't admit that there's something jacked up with us in the first place and that we're wrong in the first place. And I think that's why repentance is such a, a big part of um, coming to Christ and actually being saved. Because if you can't admit that you're wrong, then you can't admit that that God is actually number one because then you're almost like number one. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I don't know if I, I wish I could put my thoughts into words exactly, but... Um, That was one of my main takeaways throughout the whole week is just being humble and putting yourself aside and admitting that you're jacked up, there's things that I need to fix. And if you can do that, then it opens up the door for Jesus to move. I don't know. I wish I could. That doesn't hit the way that I wish that it could hit. And I understand it more than what I'm able to put it to words (laughs) into, but I just can't get it out.
2: So you remember um last year when i came back and i told you guys after my experience it was like i was looking at a blurry picture then all of a sudden it was clear
4: yeah i said the exact same thing this past week when that's, i was talking to some of my coworkers that's
2: it's the best way that i've found to describe it it's like you're looking at a blurry painting that you think makes sense and you're like yeah okay that's pretty and then you back up a few steps and you're like oh I was looking at all these little things that weren't what was
4: real. Yeah. Pretty cool. I I wanna <laughs> I wanna go back through to Exodus and start my old Testament study over <laughs> again because now with a different perspective on the Holy Spirit and how he works, like it talks about um, the as the Israelites were moving through the desert while they were leaving Egypt there was a cloud following them and there was also a pillar of fire in the cloud following them is like what Pastor um, Timmy was talking about, like the Holy Spirit. Look, we move whenever the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves, we don't move. And the Israelites were the exact same way in the desert. They would only move whenever that cloud would move and so on. And I know that there's that's just one example, but I know that there's a million other examples that I can remember, but I just can't quite sink my teeth into.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it makes me want to go back in and (laughs) read the whole way down through, but I can't. i got to keep going through Deuteronomy and stuff. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Totally different perspective on the Holy Spirit. Super neat. Um, Day two, um, the night sermon was one of my favorite in particular because the the non-denominational church and the churches that I've grown up in talk about the Holy Spirit We believe in the Holy Spirit, but I don't know if we use the Holy Spirit in the way it's intended to be used. And I think that we um, sort of water down the power of the Holy Spirit,
3: Mm -hmm.
4: which is really, really sad. And seeing it, seeing people use it and not just talk about it and believe in it, over the course of that week was really eye-opening um and if you go back it, it, i guess i should backtrack but like I, I see that these churches you can feel the holy spirit but they they don't let it work they don't let it move and they don't use it for what it's supposed to be used in the the power of the holy spirit in the bible we're, we're supposed we're supposed to use it and we're supposed to work in it and we're, su- we're supposed to do all of that i don't know why that's been dismissed and Forgotten about inside of all the churches that I've grown up in all my life. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why we lost it.
2: Have you ever heard? um, I mean, I'm sure you have, but like you'll hear pastors say, well, do you believe like the Bible is true? Do you believe the God of the Old Testament is the same God now? And as a Christian, the correct answer is yes, I believe that. But I don't think they take it the step further in saying, well if you believe that if you believe that god and jesus and the holy spirit are the same then in this book as they are now why don't you use that like why, why aren't you working in the gifts yeah and I, I totally agree i think that the churches that we've grown up in the churches that we're a part of we don't use the holy spirit the way that i feel it should be used like the holy spirit want, the holy spirit god jesus the trinity whatever you want to say wants to do crazy amazing things in people's lives and we're just not doing that
4: yeah so you 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 wonder why and this is a question we've asked before you wonder why there's no miracles or any crazy things that happen anymore they they do happen i believe that i mean i i, I see them happen on small scales um, but we don't see any like big life-changing parting the Red Sea, and things like that anymore. And I think it might be because we've watered we've watered down Christianity and watered down the gifts to the point where we're not. I don't know if we, this is kind of a, a, mm, okay. I, let me preface with I I don't really understand. I don't really understand this. But my thought maybe is, okay, maybe we're not we're no longer moving in one mind in one accord and we can't really hone in to the power because we don't fully believe in it. We, bu- we believe in it. Our faith is weak. Yes, yes. And that's kind of a touchy touchy area.
2: No, I totally agree. But I think that a lot of it has to do with the United States and these other countries that are first was, world countries. I was just
1: going to say, I don't really think that's a problem outside of here, to be honest with no, you. Not, thir- not not for the most part. You,
2: you go to places like... Um, can't remember the place i was gonna say it's this it's this country in africa that is in this crazy civil war where innocent people are getting shot down and slaughtered daily you go to places like that you hear testimonies from missionaries people are coming back from the grave like skittles hmm. i don't know if that's an analogy but i'm using it it's not but like like it's it's when you have nothing else to hold on to other than your faith you'll see crazy amazing things happen but when you have everything to hold on to and you don't have to wholeheartedly have that faith you don't see the crazy amazing things happen because your faith isn't strong enough your faith isn't moving mountains because you aren't expecting mountains to be moved
4: we do the same thing, man. We very seldom open the podcast with any type of prayer. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes me feel bad. Like, what are we missing out on? You know, we, we, we're we probably missing out on a lot. Um,
1: if you if you read on our group devotion thing on the app, if you read that, that's literally exactly what I commented today. Is it really? Not not podcast specific, but just like a general. Yeah. Like that like I've missed out. And I know I've missed out. Yeah. You want me to read it since we're here? Yeah, yeah sure. Hold on. Go ahead. Finish I, your thoughts. I still
2: gotta go back and read this morning's devotion.
4: Me too. I think I have to do
1: yesterday's.
2: I did yesterday's this morning. <laughs> uh,
1: the one, the one quote that was in the devotion. It says, "Repeat until victory is secured," which is like talking about like prayer. Yeah. It, it's talking about praying until you get what you're looking for. And I said, <clears throat> I said, sometimes you just gotta pray more than once or twice to get the results you're hoping for. It's hard to believe major life changes could be altered based on how obedient we are to that statement. And then this is this is where I kind of go off the rails a little bit. So stick with me here. I said it's like it's like that little meme of two miners digging, and one guy's about an inch away from finding diamonds, and he gives up. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy who kept going found them. I feel like I've probably had times where I was an inch away from finding those diamonds and gave up short. And I'm sure everyone has. But
2: that is, that's a good analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure, I feel like there's a lot of people that were the were an inch away mm-hmm. and gave up
4: but the the worship music the the place that they had the camp at was a beautiful place, the big field, like kind of on a hill um it's
2: called Camp Pioneer,
4: but they had a Mickey Mouse rusted trailer pulled up beside this field. Beside a big tree that they put all the chairs under with like a Mickey Mouse table holding the soundboard and everything on top of it.
2: But a sound system that'll blow your socks off.
4: And, yeah, like, t- like blue tarps hung around the stage in like just a bunch of just redneck, <laughs> just hillbilly people that just freaking love Jesus and are deep in the word and understand the word. And it was super cool also just to see the, the nasty, um, the nasty environment that all of this stuff was in, but the beauty that was able to come from it and the lives that were able to be changed from it. Um, and the music that they played was so cool. The, the people weren't great singers, but I mean, they were giving it all they had and it was beautiful. And I actually, this past week, ordered a ukulele again. Did I tell you that? Really? Yeah, because I just wanted, like, they talked about, I think it was Pastor Timmy that talked about um, bringing in the Holy Spirit through joyful noise, songs, singing. And you even have a theory around that, too. Like, what's the, right? Is that you? That it's like, why do we have music? What's the mm-hmm. the there point of music?
2: There there is no point to your ears hearing different notes other than music. That's true. Like there's no survival reason. Like other than music, there is no point for our brains to be able to comprehend stuff like that or hear stuff like that.
4: Pretty cool. So I'm like, I want to, I want to be a part of something. I'm not saying I want to play in the band, but I'm just saying like in my house, I want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. If, if, there's actually a piece of that that gives you chills and brings the Holy Spirit down that is a joyful noise and is pleasing to God's ears, then I want to be able to bring that down into my house. So I I played ukulele for years. I know I can play it. I'll just pick it back up again, you know? That's
2: why I started learning guitar.
4: That's pretty cool. I can't,
2: I can't lead worship with a box drum, but I can lead worship with a guitar.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so anyhow, day two... Um,
2: Know, well hold on before you go from worship another thing that is a reason why I like I think I might be joining the worship team at ji because at camp I, I said this in front of the kids like I one of my gifts is that I can pick things up and learn them yeah. like I might not be Stapleton what's his name Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton I might not be the best guitar player in the world but I can learn how to play guitar
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um. There is something about being on stage during leading worship where the people that are leading a service in worship are one of the first in the room to feel the Holy Spirit's presence. Mm. And when I experience that, I never want to leave that. And I don't do it throughout the year. I only do it at camp. Mm. And it's just such a feeling that I'm like, man, I, I should probably... Get on a worship team, hmm. and so like I, f- I played drums for Jiho the other day, and I'm cool. gonna, probably gonna be playing more. Cool. But, like I just it, it's there's just something about being on stage. The Holy Spirit starts moving, and you're the first ones in the room to feel it. Yeah, That's it's sweet. it's crazy.
4: That's sweet. So, day two. Uh, the the night sermon was super cool. I don't remember exactly what they talked about, but it was inside of. The cafeteria of this place, because it was <laughs> raining. Yeah, because it was pouring outside and nasty. Um, but again, just <laughs> cafeteria with a bunch of those iconic elementary, like middle school chairs. Mm. The plastic, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Do I even need to? Elaborate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just full of those chairs. Um, and music, just kind of
2: box drum acoustic.
4: Yeah, it's pretty cool. But um, really good sermon. Um, lots of was it Nate? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yes, it was Nate. Um, good sermon. Um, they wrapped up with worship and whatnot. I believe that's how it went. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. I didn't take notes on it, but um, they wrapped up with worship. People were um, getting prayed for. They opened up the altar, and again, it was something that I was just really in awe of. Um, and I felt like, okay, I can, like, I can pray for like some of these kids, some of these kids asking for prayer at the altar, but there's like something that's like keeping me away. And I, and it just felt kind of like a little bit weird. It was cool. It was awesome to see, but it just, I don't know how to put words to my feelings, but it was, um, (laughs) I don't know. It's special. That's for sure. But, uh. I started making my way closer to the altar because people were getting prayed for. And it was just really cool to be an experience of. And it's just something that you want to be close to physically. You want to be close to the front because that's where the, really the power at and things are happening. People are getting prayed for and chains are being broken. And I get closer and closer and I end up, um, walking over to Jaden and I'm just kind of chilling there. And I'm like, dude, this is really, really special. This is cool. And, um, we were just talking a little bit, just watching the Holy Spirit move. And, um,
2: and like we're like up front, like we're in front of all the chairs. I'm standing on the side.
4: Just, yeah, chilling on the side. And, um, we're talking, and the sermon in particular was around humility or something around humility, I think. At least that's what spoke to me the most. And I've talked on the podcast before about how there's, a piece just from my mom's loss, and there's just a piece of my heart that was somewhat, I don't want to say angry, but just hurt. Um, almost like if you look at a heart, you can see a hole, and I would feel that. And I—and there's been things that passed just since getting married and going through marriage counseling that I talked about on in the past about how there's, things have been uncovered, scars have been kind of tore open, and I've just been kind of lost in a way. And there's a piece of that that they wanted filled and I, I knew that I couldn't go the rest of this week with I couldn't fill my heart full of the Holy Spirit the rest of the week with that hole because it was just going to leak and I could feel God speaking that to me but I I didn't want to actually give in and I came to the realization as I'm standing there that like wow this is literally my pride that's holding me back from receiving right now and I'm like Okay, I'm going to go up to the altar. I'm going to pray. Um, and I'm just going to ask to get this this hole filled. And I end up going to the altar. And I and uh, Jaden, what, what got me to do it was Jaden started walking away like he was going to leave or something like that. I'm like, hey, will you come pray with me?
2: Hey, he, okay, so I was about to go outside because it was so hot inside that I was, like, dying. And then Matt yanked me he didn't just say hey come pray with me he said he yanked my arm and was like hey come up here with me i was like yes sir
4: (laughs) and end up going to the front and pastor nate said uh he's like if he's like i saw you in the corner and he's like god was telling me to come grab you if you didn't come up here he's like i was literally on my way he was like three seconds
3: from coming (laughs) over
4: um so i end up praying um at the altar and asking for healing and i I, I I don't know how you explain healing. It doesn't make any sense to me and I'm a rational and logical thinker. But there's no way to rationalize or logically explain anything that happens at the altar.
2: But so so we're down like I, he's kneeling at the altar with his hands like whatever. He's on the altar and Matt like was fine and then all of a sudden he's he's in it. And then so you like I want you to explain that healing process if you can, like just how, how did you, did you feel? And then you felt, felt.
4: Um, I don't know. It's almost like a, like a, like a blackout almost. <laughs> um, but not really. Um, just because, I mean, you, you feel there's just a sense of like desperation of healing. And, and I mean, this is, I mean, my mom passed in 2012 and it's 2022. So that's 10 years that I've went. And I've talked in the past previous podcast about how I never actually went through the proper healing process because it's too tough to do so. But it's too prideful to do so as well. And too immature, too. I didn't understand. Um, But, I mean, this is 10 years going that I've been searching for healing. And I don't know what happens at the altar, but I'm healed. And it sounds crazy and silly to say. (laughs) I don't even really understand it. But um, I felt a lot better and I felt full. And after afterwards, this is actually kind of crazy that it works this way, too. So after I'm healed, like I said, the hole inside of your heart is filled so that whenever the Holy Spirit pours in, um, it doesn't leak out. Yeah. So it's pretty cool healing. I stood up um, afterwards Pastor Nate started asking me a series of questions of around, I don't know, Jaden, if you remember, but like
2: he, he said, have you ever been filled with the Holy spirit? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what spe- what's with evidence of speaking in tongues? Do you understand what it is? Do you believe in it?
4: And I do. And I, like I said, I came into the camp expecting to receive and understand what all of this is. And he began praying for me, praying in tongues. Um, suggested i i try to do so as well to be filled and it was like i don't know it felt like pressure um around me just from people and the the prayer isn't just words but it's actually a physical presence of like just like there's like a like a press over your entire body that's just squeezing and i don't know how else to explain it but um He's print there's a, a group from what I understand I don't know because my eyes were closed but uh, it felt kind of like, like
2: four or five guys standing around you.
4: Felt like there was a group and as the group grew in number you can feel more and more pressure from those prayers and um, I began to to mumble speaking in tongues and then it hit me and I got it and it was like something that I wanted so bad that I was praying for to actually experience this and I got it and as I got it it began Began to get to the point that it was like overwhelming and um, I like I don't know I guess I fell on my back
2: you got slain in the spirit Matt uh, Matt, yes. Matt just fell
4: and I felt like very like convulsive and tight and tense and but it was so cool to be healed to speak in tongues and be filled to be healed and then filled and then saved And there's no way, again, to logically explain that. But what I know now... And there's no
2: other path. Right. That's the path you have to take. It's it's repentance, healing, filled, get going.
4: Yeah. But, I mean, it was just overwhelming joy as well. It was really, really cool. But, uh, again, there's no way to logically explain it. But what I know now, though, for a fact, is that it's real. And nobody can tell me otherwise because it's my experience. I felt it. And... I wish that I could really explain it in depth, but it proves what we've been saying for years, that you can't figure out God from the outside, and Mm -hmm. you have to expose yourself and surrender yourself to him, and then he'll show himself to you. Mm -hmm. So that was insane, and probably my favorite part of the whole camp.
2: So I will tell that story from my perspective, because it's a little less serious and a little funnier. (laughs) So I, I, I've I been to this camp for 10 years. I know what's going on. And so I take my place. I get out of my seat. I stand off to the side. And I'm standing there like either like going to go pray for someone, waiting for someone to come to me, whatever. And I'm doing my thing, praying in tongues, like worshiping. And I got a feeling like Matt did. And it was God saying, you're not ready to pray for these kids yet. You're not ready to pray for Matt yet. You're not ready to speak into anyone's life yet. So I grabbed one of my buddies that's at the camp. His name is Landon. I grabbed Landon. And I said, hey. Landon
4: is such a G, man. La- I love yeah. Landon.
2: But so, so I grabbed Landon. And I was like, hey, come pray with me. I need, I need to get myself right. I need to repent. I need to just clean slate it. So I go up there. I clean slate it. As soon as I was done, I had like six kids come up to me. And need prayer and I, I packed in with I got a bunch of the other like older kid like the high school kids that I know are in good standing with God and I know that don't need to clean their own slate and some of the adults and we're like we're praying with all these kids. And every time I look up, Matt started the night at the back of the room. Every time I look up, he's like two or three rows closer. <laughs> Just inching forward. Slowly, slowly, Why? slowly. I don't know. He he because he was getting convicted. He he felt God calling him to the altar, but he was scared. He was saying why do
1: you move up like that? It's either like I don't For me it's either I go or I don't go. No, he
2: was he was slowly moving up. So he's in the back of the room, two or three rows. Two or three rows. And then I see him standing with a kid, praying with a kid for what felt like maybe twenty minutes. Like you were praying with that kid for a long time. And then after he was done praying with that kid, he comes over and he stands by me. And I had just finished like a a crazy prayer like like setting people free like how matt was just explaining and so i'm standing there and i'm just trying to recoup it's really hot i'm trying to collect my thoughts and figure out what the heck's going on in the room and so i i said i was like hey i'm gonna go outside because it's really hot and i just needed a second because like like matt said sometimes god's presence is like overwhelming and it's like wow like this is happening and i was feeling that like overwhelmed sensation. So I was like, I'm going to go outside, get some fresh air. And as soon as I said that, Matt grabs me and then I go and I pray with him. Landon came over, prayed with him. And then some adults came over and prayed with him. And then as soon as he gets up, the whole thing with Nate happens. And I step back. I didn't, I wasn't hands on with that. Cause I was like, I'm gonna let them do it. I don't want to, whatever. And so I'm just watching the whole thing. And then Matt gets slain in the spirit and I'm just standing there laughing. <laughs> and, and, uh, Pastor Timmy and Jessica. So Pastor Timmy's the head pastor. Jessica's his daughter, and she's, like, another pastor, essentially. But they came up to me, and they went, well, that didn't take long. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, for you? You've known him for two days. I've been trying to get him to this camp for 10 years. (laughs) And so it was was really funny because, like, everyone else in the room knows – what is happening? Like, they're like, yeah, we get it. Matt, Matt's getting healed. He's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. These things happen. And, like, for the person that it happens to, because Matt's never experienced it, it's kind of embarrassing at first. Yeah. And it's like, what, what just happened? But I feel like everyone kind of handled it in a better way than I was expecting. Because usually we kind of, like, make fun of the people that it happens to. Because, <laughs> like, we all get it and we've all been there. And so it's like... How like how was your first time, like and like yeah. picking at him all week. Like there was this one girl, when she got filled with the Holy Spirit and s- with evidence of speaking in tongues, her first like utterance in tongues sounded like Doodle Bob from SpongeBob. <laughs> no, no, no. Like n- that, but she was also going like little little. That's that's Patrick. Isn't that's it? Patrick. Yeah. It was those two things. It that's sounded so just like it, and we made fun of her all week for it, and. I was expecting people to make fun of Matt, but they didn't, which I'm glad they didn't because I don't think Matt would have taken it. I, like, I don't think you were ready to be made fun of yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so so like that night ended and like, it's just an amazing night. So you want to go to day three? We're at 53 minutes.
4: <laughs> humility is vulnerability to God with our heart, is a note that I wrote down. And it takes humility to receive Jesus and to also receive the Spirit. I think that's why they emphasize humility so much. Humility just smacked me across the face the whole week. That's why I touch on it mm-hmm. so much. But, um, yeah, let's wrap up day three, and then I think we should probably start uh, start another episode if you want to. I mean, there's just a lot we got to cover. Yeah. Um, but th- day three in the afternoon, evening, night service, the main theme was discipleship, sanctification, and empowerment. And I just made a note that I don't think that we un- that we understand what we really have in Christ and what we really have as Christians and the power that we have. I think that it, we think that it makes us feel good and it gives us eternal life, sets us free, gives us passion and, and purpose and something to live for. But we forget that Christianity is also empowerment in filling us with the Holy Spirit so that we can use His gifts and use His power so that we can vouch for others inside of the spiritual realm. And that's the piece that I think that we forget about a lot of times, empowerment. So if you actually look at the word, like empowerment, there's power there and giving somebody power. I don't know exactly what all the roots mean, but like Mm -hmm. there's, there's power that we have we don't use and i don't really understand why and i want to learn more about how to use it and i don't i i feel clumsy me um, too and uncoordinated trying to use it but i and that's something that's somewhat frustrating but um i think that god gives us something that i asked i think it was pastor nate about god gives us the portions that we need at the right time Mm -hmm. otherwise it'll be overwhelming and we won't be able to understand it and move forward effectively just like learning the guitar or anything else you learn the the a chord b chord c chord and like a few of the the basics and then you transition onto the bar chords you don't step straight into bar chords and things like that you do the simple stuff so I think it's the same way but um, Jesus didn't just die for us to have grace but He died for us to live in grace and for us to have empowerment to show others what it actually means so that we can walk in righteousness. And if we don't, and this is where the sin ties into it as well, if we don't walk in righteousness but we have the Holy Spirit, God isn't going to use us. And mm-hmm. He won't let us actually use the power because that's darkness then consuming the light. So we have to shine through.
2: I think my big theme for like the first chunk of what we're talking about is you have to seek healing you have to seek the spiritual gifts you have to seek these things they're not just going to hit you in the face mm-hmm. and the reason matt's day two or day one whatever you really kids were it was day one for the kids mm-hmm. but the reason that day was so impactful for matt is because matt's been seeking for a year matt's been filling for a year getting ready for a year for this to happen and so as soon as it, as soon as the holy spirit was moving it was like all right here you go you're ready to go but people go into those situations that like that with no preparation they're, they're as far from god as they could possibly be they have no idea what's going like they just they're so far they have no idea what his voice sounds like and then nothing happens they don't receive their healing or they don't get filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and then they're like well this isn't real what the heck like I'm not getting it that everyone must be fake you weren't ready like you're saying God gives you your portion when you're ready for your portion not before not after Mm -hmm. and so I think that was my big theme of like just watching everyone and watching my like myself my own story for the camp like God will give when you're ready If you're not ready god's not going to give
4: something that they said all week is that the holy spirit is a gentleman Mm -hmm. he won't make you do anything if you choose sanctification and and you're choosing to actually separate yourself from the world he'll give he'll, he'll give you what you ask for because there's no good gift that god will hold back from his children
2: it's one of the reasons um they when when you when you try and get someone the evidence of speaking in tongues people don't like to speak out loud when but like before if you're not a mature christian a lot of people don't like to pray out loud Mm. and one of the big things about speaking in tongues and being filled with the holy spirit if you aren't speaking out loud nothing's gonna come out of your mouth like if you're if you're not trying to proclaim if you're not trying if you're not uttering words you're
1: not, if, g- you're not gonna think in tongues yeah like
2: it's not yeah, nothing's least. going to come out of your mouth if you're not speaking and mm-hmm. i think a lot of times people are like well it never came to me and i'm like "Well, when's the last time you prayed out loud hmm. there, there's a difference between you thinking and praying and when you proclaim something and you say it out loud hmm. I, I don't know exactly what the sanctification of that difference is but there's a difference
4: hmm. that's cool honestly we could probably wrap this up in one episode if you wanted to.
2: Yeah, let me go a little long. Yeah, it's five fifteen. Thomas has to get out of here by seven.
4: Yeah, um, I think another two hours. Yeah, I'm just, just I'm
2: asking seven, right?
4: Just in, in regard to this sp- the spiritual realm as a whole, another note that I found is that um, evil spirits <laughs> want to provoke Christians to condemn the people that they're controlling or influencing. And the reason is because if we condemn them, it brings offense to them and drives a wedge between us and them versus if we approach it in love, which is attractive and accepting, then we're a lot more or the the, the person is a lot more apt to to trust us if um if we're also vulnerable as well and we can show them that there's compassion there. So I think that um, Satan, in particular, uses uh, like the the people with the sign holding and like you're going to hell if you do these things. I think that he I think that he uses that as as strategy too. I think he uses Christians a lot of times as strategy to push people further away and drive that wedge.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It's sad, um, but uh, and not to say that I don't do it too, but. Um, Already touched on how the Holy Spirit comes and goes, just like the cloud over Egypt. That's something I thought was cool. Um, in Luke, in Luke, fourteen talks about the prodigal son. One of my other notes was the, in Luke fourteen eleven, it says, the. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen eleven. No,
2: I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You're right. I was looking at the poor man, rich man parable.
4: Luke fourteen eleven says that the, what does it say? The, did you write it down? hmm those who those who are exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who are <coughs> humble will be exalted. That's what it is. Yeah,
2: that I mean that is the right verse. I did not write it down though.
4: Um, which I thought was really cool too, because I mean, it, like I said, another theme of humility. Humility, humility, humility. That's what I pretty much learned. Um, the that parable though, that was my favorite sermon the whole week. This Which sermon. One? Day four, I think it's day four, the midday service, where it's the one with Luke sixteen, Prodigal Son. Um we could do an entire podcast on the, on the prodigal, prodigal son. son, yeah, we could. His sermon was just banging that night. It was so good. I took I so many I don't notes. I
2: think I took notes on that one.
4: Oh, it's so good.
2: Do you write down who was speaking?
4: I didn't. I should so
2: I, I So f- for future reference, for notes, I write down, like, for 7 20 I have Kevin morning service. Mm, that would
4: have been a good move. It was not Kevin.
2: Yeah, but, so uh, I, do you have the date? What date was it? You didn't write down the date? Come have. on, man.
4: Sorry,
3: sorry,
2: sorry. Because um, I, I have a note for Kevin's service.
4: Yeah, dude, I could go on and on. We could do another we, episode, let, but let's let's, let's, let's do
2: on. let's do an episode on the Prodigal Son and those stories. I like the I have a note for the poor man, rich man story. It, that story, like you guys know that story. It's the story of the, the the rich man goes to hell, the poor man goes to heaven, and they're they're staring at each other across the void. Yeah, yeah. So the note that I took that I've, I've read the story a million times. The rich man. So the the poor man's name was Lazarus. Mm-hmm. The rich man wasn't named because Jesus didn't know him. His name wasn't written in the book of life like the poor man. I never thought about it like that. That the rich man wasn't named.
0: Yeah, me neither. Hmm.
2: And I was like, wow, huh.
4: that's cool. There's
2: like it just really it really hit home like and, and like punched me in the face of if your name isn't written in the book of life if you aren't living life for christ and aren't doing all of these things jesus literally doesn't know you he doesn't even know your name like your name isn't written in his book he has no idea like he, he like there's the there's the whole like he knows every hair on your head and stuff like that he knows you but once once you die and you're, your name's not there he doesn't know your name like you're gone and that punched me in the face and was kind of scary and another thing that I wrote down for that sermon, that was Pastor Timmy. Things that are not in hell. Mercy, favorites, and an exit.
4: Mm. I was like, dang. <laughs> Pastor Timmy's an animal. When he gets on the pulpit, He's, he is, dude. Um, But they talked about Acts 16 and day five. I'm skipping ahead. And they talked about divine appointment. And this was... Hitting pretty home. you talking
2: about, okay, yeah, I'm here.
4: Hitting home pretty hard for me. Um, but they said, this is the time to repent and the time to turn from sin. Now that you've actually been empowered by the Holy Ghost, this is my notes, praise will rattle the cage of the devil. If we're actually empowered and we actually use it and speak to God, praise God, and we do that consistently, regardless of how bad things get, this will make the devil flee. When you praise, when you pray, people see that, they feel that, and the devil can't change the truth, but we can change the devil. We have the power and we have the authority, and we know that the light can overcome the darkness. So when you praise, that makes the chains and the shackles fall off, and that makes the doors open. And that's what happened in um, Acts.
2: So that that's actually, that goes along with the devotional that we've been doing yeah, together. Yeah,
4: it does, exactly. So
2: devotional. the thing that I have... I didn't have, realize until now. Yeah, I didn't either. The thing that I have written down is very similar to what you have. Praise will rattle the cages of the devil. We are in a blood covenant. So for everyone listening, a covenant is an agreement. But a blood covenant is an agreement that in the Bible times, if you broke a blood covenant, you were murdered. Like, you don't break blood covenant. You die for that. We are in a blood covenant. The devil cannot change that covenant. There's nothing the devil can do to change the blood covenant that we have with God. And then when you praise in your trial, somebody hears you. People see that when you're going through crap, you're still praising. That right there is how you win people to Jesus. And then it says, which this is why it reminded me of our... Our uh, thing. praise will release you the only way out is praise in Jesus. You are saved to serve.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm. Did I add that one double underlined too? Good note. So what this and, and, if, and if you're saved to serve that is your divine appointment and that is actually living out your covenant um, the way that you said that you were going to live it out. And if we do and if we do that and we embrace the shackles that we're in, then God will use us. But if we don't, I think we're kind of held back. And I think that's kind of like where we're at as a people now is that mm-hmm. we're kind of held back just because of that.
2: And the, and the story that uh, this, all of these were based on was Mark sixteen fifteen. It was when Paul was traveling with Timothy and they got arrested and thrown in the prison. And in the prison, there's like an earthquake. You know what story I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, because I'm... Not in Mark, but I'm reading about that right now.
2: It's either Mark sixteen fifteen it's or Acts sixteen. Acts
1: that's sixteen. That's yeah, yep. that's Acts.
2: Okay, then Mark sixteen fifteen is cast out devils in his name. That must be something else. So Acts sixteen is is that story. And and when you really look into the story, it's crazy because they arrested Paul and Timothy because there was a lady that was demonically possessed that was following them around for three days. And Paul literally after three days was like, he turned around. He's like, I'm done. You're just annoying now. And he cast out her, de- her demon and got arrested for that because that lady was making people money, was fortune telling, was doing all these things that were making the Romans money. So the Romans arrested Paul, but they didn't know he was a Roman. And if you were a Roman, you could only be whipped with the cat of nine tails like 12 times or something like that. They beat the crap out of him, like like I think it was like seventy times they hit him, something crazy.
1: Yeah, that's the the um the <laughs> whole Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. I mean, I, I know that's not in it, mm-hmm. but those are like the prison epistles. That's what I'm doing my devotion, like my personal mm-hmm. devotion on. That's him. cool. That's cool. But so Which so is funny because it actually has nothing to do with prison. It has to do with uh, technology. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. So they they, they,
2: they beat the crap out of Paul like that and they didn't know he was a roman then they're sitting in a cave chained to the wall singing songs like literally just got beat with whips are bleeding down their back singing praise to god god sends an earthquake earthquake happens all of the prison doors not just their prison door all of the prison doors in the entire prison get opened not a single prisoner leaves the guard was going to kill himself because he knew that if he let all the prisoners out he would get killed so he was just going to kill himself Paul and Timothy were like, "No, we're still here. Like, hey, come talk to us." Yeah,
1: everybody stayed.
2: And it th- they came to Paul after that, the Romans, and they said, "All right, you can just go." And Paul was like, "I ain't going nowhere." Like, and t- when Pastor Timmy was preaching this, he what, kept... it, what
1: it was was they told him that they could just walk out, mm-hmm. and and he didn't want to just walk out because it was so public that they were in there. He wanted it to be public that they figured out they were wrong. But also That's what
2: he wants. because he was Roman. Right, they exactly, had things, exactly. Had things the, to yeah, pay for. Right,
1: exactly. And That's why he didn't want it to just be like a, hey, you guys can walk out. Yeah. whenever like, he said— He's like, me. no, you're going to walk us out of here. Yeah, That's he said, come wants. and get me. Yeah, he, he said, said walk he us out. He said
4: to go peacefully. Yeah. He wanted right. him to go peacefully without causing a big scene, like, oh, look at what happened. Look what God did. He's like, just go peacefully, keep your mouth shut, and get out of here. Yep.
2: But, but so the way Pastor Timmy yeah. kept saying it was imagine that the enemy is that prison. Imagine that the devil and the things that are attacking you in life are that prison. Every time it tells you to go and just all right, like you go be like, No, you come get me. Yeah. He Pastor Timmy kept saying, nah ah." (laughs) (laughs) But like it was it's it's saying you have the authority, you have the power. Stand up against the things in your life that are trying to take control of you and just say, Nope. Not not your time.
4: Just that whole story just shows the authority that um, who, who, what apostles? This is Paul. Paul just goes to show the authority and the power that Paul knew that he had and how he used it. I mean, he's like he takes complete and utter control of the situation, and he he uses it. It's really, really like the, just the power dynamic between him and the rest of everybody else was one of the things that was fascinating to me above all else, just because that's something that like people talk about at work and like with like the. Like, you watch these shows, like the Peaky Blinders and stuff like that, and, like, that is how I see, like, Paul, like, just, like, a bad, tough dude. Like, no, you're going to do what I tell you to do whenever I tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just taking complete control. It's pretty neat.
2: So, so I'll, I'll touch on this. That night we had another altar call, and the Holy Spirit in me wasn't moving the way that it did the nights prior. And I wrote this down, and I'll just read the whole thing and then elaborate. I felt lost. I felt like my tongues were in vain. I rebuked the spirit of confusion. I rebuked all spirits in my life. I felt alone in my worries. But then a kid, uh, I'll I'll just name him. Roman came up to me, and he said to me, I want to come into agreement with you about the things you're struggling with right now. And for, for the people that don't know Roman, Roman was never that person. And this year he, he really kind of took a step forward with Christ, with his, with his faith. And he said, I wanna come into agreement with the things that are bothering you. Cause he heard me talking about them with Pastor Nate and all that. And he heard the things that I'm struggling with personally. And he said, I wanna come into agreement with you. And I said, I felt useless in my spirit and God sent a kid who needed me and my words. God is working. Don't ever let the spirit of confusion win. So like as much as Roman spoke to me in that moment, Roman assured me of just like don't let that win. And then another kid came up to me and said, hey, I need this. I need prayer for this. And I got to speak into that kid's life right after that. And it was this spirit of confusion, this spirit of like I don't know what to do. I feel useless that was hitting me. And God really re- revealed it to me of like, no, don't let that win. But that, that's my note for that night.
4: It's cool. The last night, or one of the last nights, um, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to buy ukulele again because it, Ephesians 5 says to fill your heart with spiritual melody. Um, consistently praying. There's days where I'll wake up and there's just a, a worship song playing in my head. Like I have to listen to and like that to me is super, super healthy Um, to the point where that's just what's that's what is in your head at night while you're sleeping, filling yourself full and, and pushing everything else out. But that night they talked about proximity and posture and proximity is is putting yourself in the right place. At the right time.
2: Oh, yeah. This was a really good analogy.
4: In, in wanting to be in... They had a cup. Um,
2: they had two cups.
4: Yes. I don't remember it. Okay, exactly. so, so
2: he had one cup full of water and one cup that was empty. And he was explaining proximity and posture. So, proximity, if I have one cup of water sitting next to an empty cup, just sitting there, the other cup's not going to get filled. It's mm. never going to happen. Then he took the empty cup and he put it on its side. And then he poured the water out on top of the cup that was on its side. He's like, if the posture of the cup is not right, it's never going to get filled. Mm. So you can't just be close to the things of the Holy Spirit. You can't just be near people that are working in the gifts because that, that does nothing for you. Proximity doesn't mean you are filled. You can be around the Holy Spirit and never get filled with him. You have to want it and invite him in. Like you said, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. If you're not inviting him in and wanting these things, the gifts and stuff like that, it's never going to happen. Proximity doesn't matter. And then posture, being open and ready to receive. And then he did another analogy of a football. And this one is where it really clicked in my head. If Dakota is standing there and he turns his back to me and I throw a football at him, he's not going to catch it because his posture is not right. Well, he, I might. He's, he's not ready. You don't know what these hands can do. He doesn't know the football's coming. Yeah, talent. So if if you don't know the Holy Spirit's voice, and you don't know that the Holy Spirit's coming, you're not ready to catch it. Yeah. And it, it said, I, I wrote down, you can throw a football in proximity of a player, but if he's not in the right posture to receive, he won't catch it. Hmm. That,
1: that first one that you talked about with the... Uh... What was the what was the last line that you wrote down for that last one? Not the football one, the one before it.
2: Proximity doesn't mean you are filled. You can be all around the Holy Spirit and never get filled with Him. You have to want it and
1: invite Him in. That's that's like what reminded that reminds me of the movie we watched last night, The Case mm-hmm. for Christ. Whenever mm-hmm. yeah. whenever the guy finally gives in, because his his wife becomes a Christian or whatever, and he's like not about it, but like he's trying he like does all this work for months trying to prove that like she's full of it, like. God is not real or whatever. And, like, there's, a, there's like, a quick little scene where he's, like, sitting up against the wall in, like, wherever this room is. And he has, like, three walls full of evidence that God's real. And then finally, like, he's just, like, it zooms in on his face and goes, all right, God, you win. And then, like, he goes home and he, like, explains everything to his wife and everything like that. And he goes to, like, what, 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 what do I do here? And, like, the way that she explains it to him is that believe plus receive equals become. Once you believe God is real, you have to be willing to receive God in your heart, and then you'll become a son of God.
2: Yep. I have actually on that. Your hunger level decides the capacity of what you get to receive.
1: Right. Yeah. I agree with that. That's why I'm literally starving myself right now. Hey, I'll be joining you in two days. My hunger level is like, I don't know, like a three right now. I can't wait until like tomorrow and the next day when it's at like 13. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm
2: yeah. So, so for everyone that doesn't know, uh, starting
1: what's today? Saturday. Today is Saturday. Starting
2: August tomorrow. 6th. Well, so starting tomorrow, our church is starting a thing called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting.
1: I'm so pumped.
2: Where, where so cool. you you can fast for 21 days and do it with a church. Uh, it's Church of the Highlands. They live stream their prayer service every night, and um, it, it's. Just it's a lot of people getting in one mind, one accord, fasting and seeking God at the same time. It's a really amazing thing. Um, me, Matt, are starting Monday and ending Sunday, unless we feel like we want to go longer. We're gonna do seven days. Dakota's starting now because you have to.
1: My my anniversary dinner is next Saturday, mm-hmm. so I, I, I still because mm-hmm. the way that you asked originally was that you guys were gonna go for seven days. And I was like, oh, all right. I was like, well, I'll, I'll do five days up until you know, because I don't, I don't, you know, I wanna, I don't want to miss my anniversary dinner. Yeah. But um, and then I I told myself that I would, like today and tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, I was gonna start like eating real light and stuff like that to just try to wean my way in. And then I just I woke up today, and I just just on, on you wanna know what it, you wanna know it really whacked it for me was mm. your cat. Your cat sat on my lap for about an hour this morning and i was just like sitting there and she was just like looking at me and like sleeping like cuddling with me and stuff like that and i was i went home and i was just like honestly i'm ready to roll i was like here's there's no need to put this off yeah let's rock it so, so I, I i was just like i'm gonna get my full seven days and I'm not gonna miss my anniversary there because I'm just not even I'm just gonna dive right in yep so when I was eating a full bag of rice cakes last night at 11 30 I'm gonna come to regret that probably <laughs> at 11 30 tonight because I did not wean my way into it and that was the last thing I ate was rice cakes so, so
2: Dakota started started today a
1: bag of rice
2: cakes <laughs> We're gonna start on Monday. Nathan's gonna be joining any, us on Thursday.
1: five carbs, full of Dude, rice that's cakes.
2: that's a lot of it was rice the cakes.
1: That <laughs> was like my last push into starvation for a week. <laughs> uh,
2: but if anyone is interested in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and you want to learn more about it, absolutely reach out. DM me or Thomas on Instagram. Matt and uh, Dakota have deleted Instagram.
1: If you have my number, you can ask me, but I'm not. I'm not publicly giving that out
2: either. Um. So. So DM us on Instagram, and I will try to get back to you. I don't check it very often, but I will try to get back to you. Um, Google search Highlands, uh, Highlands Church on whatever. You'll find it. They're like the biggest church in Alabama. Um, Google them. They will be doing services every night other than Saturday, I think, and then Sunday morning they do their normal service. Um, But they'll be going for 21 days. And fasting doesn't mean all food. If you can't do that, um, it can be do one meal a day, like fast for 13 hours. Fast the news. You can fast anything. But we are going to – I am going to try my best. As a group, we are going to be fasting seven days, just water. We're going to be doing like – I'm going to be trying to do a shot of apple cider uh, vinegar and then yeah. BCAAs and Himalayan salt. I,
1: I have a little bit of tweak rolls just because I work in the heat all day and I will die. Mm-hmm. So I I am eating a salad at lunch. Just leaves and lemon on it. Like you I'm not I'm like I'm not I'm not, like, I'm so not, throw, I'm not throwing ch- No, no, I eat it anyway. Oh, really? I make I put I make dressing with lemon juice, olive oil. Olive oil? Yeah, olive oil. And salt and pepper, dude. You're gonna be
4: running.
2: Yeah, and like it, Annalise, <laughs> Annalise is doing it too. Where she has she has volleyball practice. She's a coach for a volleyball team. She's volleyball practice five days a week. She's gonna be eating one meal a day because when you're
1: yeah. exerting energy, yeah, you're you, yeah, you it's, it's you right. You've got to got it it. intake. Yeah, um, I'm like I'm, I'm drinking. I'm down in Gatorades like nobody's business. Yeah, so
2: like it's important to make sure you get the vitamins and electrolytes and stuff you need. Yeah. Uh, don't just do purified water because that has no minerals and it yeah, probably will kill you. That's basically
1: to keep you not so hungry, But if anything. Uh, that's why
2: I'm doing apple cider vinegar because it mutes, it mutes your hunger. Um, yep. And then BCAAs to get the nutrients I need. And then Himalayan salt to get the salt intake up yep. in, in a glass of water. Yep, that's it. But we're going to be doing that. So if anyone wants to join us in that. Absolutely reach out. Start watching uh, Highlands worship or Highlands Church Church of the Highlands. Church of the, that's what it is. Church of the Highlands. There you go. Um, thank you, Dakota. Uh, but it's going to be a great time. I think that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the longer episode because we've been gone for two weeks. So we gave you a little little extra treat. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening. Thomas, what
0: do they do? How do I usually end these? Come totally, on, yeah. <laughs> Check out the website. It uh, hasn't really changed. No, de- but de- there's <laughs> links to the links links to the social medias and the all the places you can listen to the podcast. Um, hopefully we'll be getting some photo dumps from camp and Guatemala on the Instagram soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually just got yelled at for that. There will be some shooting videos going up. Um if you want to shoot with us, we're start we're starting to message get me. Direct message me. Yeah specifically
2: we're starting to get pretty real into the like i feel like we're getting at a level where it's like we could genuinely train people like not like pay people like people pay for it but we can actually help people and get them comfortable with a firearm yeah
0: yeah yeah it's it's slowly getting to that point um
1: the only reason it's not to that point to be completely honest is because of money that's really yeah yeah, money and we just haven't yeah, people. I could, people I, were, if, I, um, if I had the money to shoot, I would have the time to shoot. I don't have the money to shoot. Pe- no, we don't. Who pe- cares?
2: People were making fun of me the other day because we don't do uh, uh, safety, like, how you tourniquet and stuff. We do do it. But people were like, well, you don't even know how to use that stuff. And I went, there's literally videos of us training with it. Like, yeah. We, we have a guy, Casey, comes out and he teaches us how to use tourniquets. He teaches us how to use those chest compression things, like.
0: Oh, he's going to. He hasn't done that. Yeah, well. he, he, he taught, taught us. He oh, he did. You were shooting.
2: You were shooting, but he was oh, teaching Yeah, us you, were, you were shooting the whole time.
1: shooting, Okay, fair, fair. But I like, I spent like an hour and a half with him. Yeah, we're getting into stuff that, like that stuff.
2: We're getting into some cool stuff. If you want to learn how to keep yourself alive in multiple different ways, get on the train. We got a, we a well
1: rounded group. What are you doing? None of us have the same skill, but we all have different get ones.
2: Get on the train. Any, chug, a any, chug a choo anyways, choo Thanks for
0: listening. Bye. Any, anyways, have a good week, everybody. Sorry that it's been two weeks since we posted an episode. Hope you like this one. Chug-a-chug-a-choo!
1: Pray, pray for us that are fasting. Bye, everyone. Bye, thanks for listening. We'll
2: see you next time. Shut up.